Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio Advocacy and Gospel News for the Persecuted Church. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. Warren Radio Advocacy Broadcast for the Persecuted the Persecuted Church is a fast-moving gospel news program. All correspondence and inquiries of the WIBR Warren Radio Network can be sent to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. Today is Wednesday, the 26th day of February, 2020, and the scripture reading for this week is Exodus chapter 25, starting at verse 1 through chapter 27, verse 19, 1 Kings chapter 5, verses 12 through chapter 6, verse 13, and the New Testament portion is um, Hebrews chapter 9, verses 1 through 10. Be sure to follow the WIBR Warren Radio on Twitter at hashtag WatchmanIS216 and hashtag WarnRadio. You can find us on LinkedIn by hashtag Watchman and on USA.life and MeWe, that's M-E-W-E, it's hashtag WarnRadio. Warn Radio Network is available through the following carriers. Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Anchor, and we are now on Podchaser. You can also find the shows on warn-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com. Please take to read the latest articles by The Watchmen. They're very important, they're inspired, and they are pertinent for the day and age we're living in. And this week we feature Trusting God in Tribulation Trepidation. There may come a time when trusting God in tribulation will find you with trepidation. When trouble and turmoil hits a nation, it causes fear and agitation. Here you may find yourself failing in the confidence that the Lord will make a way for you and your family. Also, losing America, divide and conquer. Losing America, the warning is clear. If a people, any people, spend time biting and devouring one another, then that nation will fall. If America were smart, Things would change. Wisdom would be accepted. Wisdom is known of her children. So you can go to warn-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com to read those latest articles and more. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You are listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at 
warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. What's going on? Well, you know, we got through another round of snow. Yeah, and that's I do, exciting. I, I do believe that, uh, you know, better not uh, say it too loud, but uh, spring is coming. Yay, I'm excited about that. Yeah. I am I get tired I of winter. Too. I get tired of winter about the first day of winter. <laughs> uh but it it's about over, so that's a good thing. Well it is and it's tough up here. Well, you know, there there's a lot of stuff been in the news. You know, President Trump got a hero's welcome down in India. And oh, I, know, I didn't that's see exciting. any I didn't see anything on him uh, talking uh, to Modi about uh, the persecution of Christians there, but he was supposed to be going to bring it up. Uh, but I hope uh, he did. it's it's been an ongoing thing with presidents. Even Obama talked to him about it in 2015. But the thing of it is, is that the Christian leaders themselves, and I remember this explicitly, it was bef- it was as soon as Modi came to power and uh, his group, <clears throat> a nationalist uh, Hindu group, the BJP, is connected to radical Hindus who want to make a national Hindu faith and have absolutely no other faith there. And uh, Christian leaders were warning of this. And ever since he came to power, it's been uh, pretty prominent as far as persecution of Christians. We've reported on it every week. And week in and week out, uh, persecution of Christians in India is at the top of the list. Uh, Pretty, you know, it's up there. But, you know, the bottom line of it is, is that as a country, we can't make people uh, act certain ways. We can ask them to. We can initiate uh, various things to make them or persuade them, you know, like we do with Iran and others. But the bottom line of it is, if they want to persecute or do things, they're going to do it. And that is the... uh, yeah, that's the unfortunate thing we have. And so uh, today, you know, we we are um, looking at a number of uh, uh, important items today. But first, I've got some news shorts. Uh, one thing coming out of CBN, a Pakistani Christian girl was returned to a family. Now, that's particularly important because Tower and I have reported on a number of them. One of the most famous right now that has been kidnapped and never returned is Leah Sherabu out of Nigeria. Yeah. And uh, matter of fact, I have an article here. I might do it next week. But uh, it's right here. She, uh, Leah Sherabo's mother um, had actually joined a London protest on the second anniversary 
uh, of uh, of her abduction. And of course, uh, this is uh, one of the things that uh, is just absolutely unconscionable. But this is what these guys do. They continue to uh, uh, kidnap these young kids, uh, specifically girls. And uh, and uh, didn't didn't we report on this girl last week? Because it sounds familiar. Well, this Age is uh, this. Well, this uh, particular girl here, um, she was kidnapped on the way. She was beaten and raped, but the thing of it is the law enforcement found her and returned her to her parents. So this is the difference here. She was beaten, raped, and tortured. Uh, Her captors tried to get her to sign blank documents. She refused that. And uh, the girl later found out the documents included a marriage certificate and a religion conversion certificate, Uh, you know. And this is the way these people do this. We've reported on this many, many times over there. And uh, thank God she's back, and she's back with her parents. But these parents have literally got to protect their girls wherever they go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, a pain. And another thing on the news shorts this week, of course, is the desert locust plague. Tower and I were talking about that. It was confirmed on February 18th, and we're, you know, about a little more than a week through that. And uh, they were actually getting to the point where it looked like it might go into China. China said they weren't worried because they were in winter there. But... uh you know, I mean, you look at it. We have the coronavirus that Trump talked about today. We have a, a massive persecution of Christians going on around the world that hasn't quit. We have a biblical plague of locusts going on. I mean, if you if you weren't really paying much attention, you could still say, well, that's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you yeah. think, what what's going on? Well, this is the end of days. That's what's going on. But, uh, you know, uh, the pictures of the swarm, I mean, that's more grasshoppers than I've ever cared to want to have to deal with. And uh, so uh, it, it's interesting to note there that uh, this stuff continues to go on. And... Uh, I haven't seen much no, more about it, but it's supposed to be sweeping across Africa and going up in, you know, towards China. And, uh, you know, that's one of those things. China needs to uh, kind of clean up their act. Maybe they wouldn't be getting all this stuff. Kind of. I think they need to yeah. repent. Yeah, well, they're they're communists. They're not going to repent. They don't I believe know. in God. They will one day, but <laughs> it, remind, it right. reminds me of Pharaoh, though. Of, it um, does, you know. I was thinking about Pharaoh um, before the show, and you know, I wanted to talk about this. It's interesting you brought it up because we talk about miracles, and uh, you know, and there's miracles that Christians look at and may not think about. For instance. During the plagues that God sent on on Egypt, there was some that that even occurred. Some of the plagues, uh, kind, you know, affected uh, some of the 
uh, Israelites, uh, well, they did affect the Israelites in uh, Goshen. But there was a certain point where the plagues, as they got worse, uh, they didn't affect the people in Goshen at all. And, of course, they went about their life. And uh, as the plagues were going on, they had no effect. But, see, even that you don't really think about. Well, you know, that's nice. They're not happening. But when they got out of there and was released and got to the Red Sea, and the army was coming to kill them, they suddenly feared for their life. And the point to this is, is when you're looking for miracles, God waits until the very, very end. You know, when you get to the point, when you realize it's God that delivered you, and uh, they really started getting concerned when that army came close, but finally they were able to go through uh, the Red Sea and the army followed them, and you know the story. They drowned in the sea. Now, next time you look for a miracle, make sure you're not comfortable. Because I guarantee you the miracles that we report on are miracles when people called Christians are in the midst of what God has called them to do and their lives are in danger, but they do it anyway, like baptizing people. And then God sends a massive, massive uh, dust storm so bad that these Muslims who were going to kill him couldn't even see, and Christ appeared in the dust storm to him. And so there was those Muslims who got saved, and the Christians were able to finish baptizing the converts all together. Now, see, this is the way God works. So today, of course, as we look at it, there's a lot of fear put out by the press. And Nancy Pelosi, she came out and said that Trump has already waited too long. Well, that's a bunch of about regarding the regarding the coronavirus. coronavirus. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, no matter what Trump does, is never good enough for him. And uh, you know. In in San Francisco, they declared an emergency there in San Francisco for the coronavirus. They haven't had one case of coronavirus, oh, but yet they declared goodness. an emergency. See, and this is what the Democrats do. San Francisco is a liberal town. So when you're talking about listening to the news, make sure you know what you're listening to. Don't pay attention to a lot of these Democrats today. Matter of fact, uh, Today, there was uh, on the news, and I've got some on a private chat here with some with some folks that uh, we're connected to. And uh, in it, there was 11 people that changed uh, their party affiliation to become Republicans. This was in, I think, Mississippi. So wow. make, no mis- make no mistake, people are jumping ship. They do not like... Uh, this Sanders thing uh, and uh, Bloomberg sunk today. You know, I mean, who knows who it's going to be, but none of them, none of them will bring to America what needs to be brought here. So nevertheless, if you want to worry about the coronavirus, go ahead. I don't worry about things like that. 
I believe the Lord is more than able to keep us. I've got a thick yes, book amen. about five inches, about five inches thick from John G. Lake. You want to know how to deal in faith and know about uh, uh, you know, dealing with plagues, you read John G. Lake and especially get into the part when he goes into Africa during a very bad plague and he had no mask, no nothing, and he had to wash in the river. He didn't have any extra clothes and he went and worked well, and helped the people. Well, he didn't even have soap. He didn't no. even have soap. He no. would just rinse his clothes off in the water. And uh, he got uh, some of the brothers over there that could pray and they prayed and they worked and the plague lifted and John G. Lake didn't have one thing wrong with him. So understand, God's power is able to keep his people. So don't walk in faith. Don't yeah, allow the fear. faithless of no, this don't country. Walk in, don't walk in fear. You said don't walk in faith. No, I said faithless. Oh, okay. Sorry. But at any rate. You know, in case I did say that, I thought I said faithless, but, you know, don't be faithless. You know, yes, you amen. walk in faith and you don't walk in fear. You know, I mean, this this is what it is. So. Yeah. And of course, and it's uh, real easy. To, to You could panic real easy and be full of fear. You got to remember what God says. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Well, one thing about the coronavirus, and I've been, you know, Tower and I have been focusing on praying for the Christians in Wuhan and other places in China. Because, for instance, when they go out, they go out without masks. And uh, they say, and this is the words that they say, this mask is for you. They grab it and they say it represents the love of God. One man has heard saying in the footage, this is a video. Uh, may God bless everyone in the community, take the mask and the gospel leaflet. And they were handing them out to cops, to people that were there. Wow. And so the Heart Cry Missionary Society posted about what was going on. They said money is useless in Wuhan because you can't find a store that sells the mask. People are in such desperate situation. In response, our brothers and sisters preach the gospel and give out tracts uh, and free masks. A representative only identified as PZ explained they are sharing the word of hope and comfort from God. And they have become more and more favored in the city, even in the authorities' eyes. So this is, this is what has happened. And this is exactly what God spoke to me uh, when this virus first hit. I told Tower about it. And uh, so when you're talking about things like this, God uses this to turn people's hearts and to wake them up. So make no yes, mistake, you have not been called to a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And so make no mistake about it. These are opportunities. So, uh, you know, if this thing were ever to hit America or anything else real hard, it would behoove the church to stand up in faith, not in fear. And uh, I was unequivocally, uh, you know, that morning that this happened, the Lord made it clear that it was imperative for the church to stand up and stand up against this thing that was happening, but also to stand up and bring 
Christ to everybody around him, and that's exactly what they did. The day that the Lord had put that on my heart and had revealed that to me when this thing happened, it was that day, I think it was, that we read about a pastor who was king about it, or the next day that he was talking about going out and talking to the people. See, see the... <clears throat> The communists there do not want anybody to talk about God. But see, when you put this out as a communist and not believe in God, then that gives you no hope. And so right now, and and this was pointed out too, that within the confines of China, a lot of the people can't afford food and there's not really a lot of food. So the people end up eating things that you and I would never eat. It would turn our stomach, you know, and they eat animals and things that you would never, ever eat in your whole life. And so a lot of this and uh, a lot of this stuff that you see here. Uh, that's going on in China is a direct result of the food they eat and and how they live. But this thing getting out, you know, a lot of them, and I read this the other day, you know, that if you use, uh, you know, just some of our simple things uh, that we have here, like vitamin C, and I think it was vitamin D or vitamin A, and there was another one, uh, that that can go a long ways uh, to... uh, Uh, curing this thing and keep you from getting it so um, don't listen to the news and even if it does come which I don't think it will uh, I don't uh, I'm not not there I ain't worried about it at all but I do think that uh, China is a perfect example this is exactly what has to be done and so we are uh, we do have another article here are you ready on your North Korea one yeah Okay, yeah, this go ahead. is really ex- this is exciting, and it's it's um, uh, two years had led up to this moment, and two years ago, this Bonha, she's changed her name to protect her, or they've changed her name to protect her, um, and two years ago, she attended her first open doors women to women secret meeting specifically organized for North Korean women who escaped their country and are now living in China hoping for a better life. They're living there illegally. And often these North Korean women like Bonha are um, often caught by human traffickers and sold into prostitution or marriage to poor Chinese men. And while helping North Korean refugees is outlawed in China and subject to heavy punishment the Open Doors ministry partners take the enormous risk to operate a number of safe houses for North Korean Christians, as well as, as support women who are forced to marry. And um, Bon Ha met Jesus in the secret gathering and was soon begging to be baptized. And she wanted to be baptized so desperately she couldn't wait any longer. And of course, that's illegal. and risky in China, baptizing North Koreans. And it would take some planning because they couldn't baptize Bon Ha in the town where she lived for fear of being caught and her being repatriated back to North Korea. So the three people involved were Bon Ha herself, the pastor, and her group leader. They all traveled separately to an 
open door safe house in a re remote area, and it took several hours to get there. And um, the open door staffer describes Bonha bon as baptizing Bonha as a holy moment. He was dressed in a black suit with a white collar. He opened a small ceremony with a prayer and then baptized the young woman in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Together in the tiny living room, the three believers stood and recited the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ our Lord, and so on. And there were no photos, no baptisms certificate because it's too risky. There was no crowd, no hearty echoes of affirmation. But here in this tiny place in the middle of nowhere, three Christians stood on holy ground. And um, the open door worker said he had to contain himself and focus on this of the ceremony or else I would have cried loudly myself. It was such a beautiful moment and such a privilege to baptize a North Korean believer in these circumstances. And since her baptism, she can now recite all of Psalm 190, Romans 8, and other chapters of the Bible. And she is acutely aware that she could be arrested any day, yet she rests in Jesus. Because this woman who risked her life to leave her country and confess Jesus now belongs to him. That is exciting, and uh, hopefully there will be more. It is, and that was Psalm 119. What did I say? One ninety? No, ninety. Oh, Psalm yeah, one nineteen. Oh, it's but, Psalm one nineteen, and that's a big one. Yeah, that is a big one. And so, uh, this is this is a great story because when you look at it, you know we have all of our organized religion here. You know, and we have all our yeah. nice baptismals and we have our certificates. But the bottom line for the Lord Jesus Christ is what's in your heart. And this woman That's had a right. heart. She had to get baptized. And, oh, it's just so <laughs> exciting. You know, it, and that a, 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 lot of, a lot of times I feel for this country because we think we have so much here. But yet for all of the stuff we have. There's so many things we don't have. The simplicity of faith and what they had to go through. This is the cost, okay? Travel all that way separately to do that. Yeah. That is amazing. Just, just absolutely amazing. And we praise the Lord for it. I bet it was just an amazing time. I could just... Uh, it, thank God to those yeah. people that take care of them. Yeah, I I I do. I I thank the Lord for that. Th that is really a good story. Now, uh, CBN covered a thing that has been, uh, and it's a story, not a thing. But I found this interesting because uh, coming out of Helsinki. They were talking about uh, the National Church of uh, Finland, which is the Lutheran Church. Now, while 70% of Finns are still members of the church, the article points out that doesn't mean they're believers. 
So when they did a survey, they found out less than a third of Finns now say they believe in God. So you have 70% of Finnish people who belong to the National Lutheran Church, but less than a third is all that believe in God. Less than That's a third. That's tragic. That's tragic. Yeah, it's it's just absolutely amazing. But the nation, it points out, is one that has a constitution that still tells the national church to proclaim a Bible-based Christian faith. And so it happens to be that a member of parliament stood up and uh, talked about a few things. And she cited Romans, the first chapter, verses 24 to 27, and posted it, the passages, from the Bible. She did that in a tweet. Well, she's under investigation for defaming or insulting homosexuals because of that particular thing. And so the people, the whole point of the article is, does that mean now Finland has become officially an anti-Christian nation? And uh, That's horrible. Yeah. Now, a Finnish Christian broadcaster uh, by the name of Pasi uh, Turunen um, talks about this being a rude awakening. He says that Finnish Christians have lived in a very homogenous Christian culture. It's been very easily easy because everybody thinks and believes the same, same way pretty much. And now this has become a completely new situation for us when our faith is challenged. And of course, this, you know, God uses things like this. When you become lukewarm and, you know, you take things for granted, God will allow the enemy to come in and poke you with the stick, so to speak, in order to wake you up. And so make no mistake, you know, God does allow these kinds of things to go on. And, you know, you have to respond likewise. You know, you have to wake up and you have to say, hey, no, this we're not going to be quiet. We're not going to stop. The whole world is shoving this culture down everybody's throat, not just in America. And, you know, I was thinking about this, too. You know, Tower, um, when we talk about the official generation that will officially depart from the Lord, while we've had a lot of them that uh, have been in the schools and raised up in a lukewarm fashion, I believe we're looking at, uh, a, you know, several generations yet away. Um, you take some of the youngest that are in schools now, uh, by the time they are through school and graduated, then you can pretty much see society as completely atheistic and completely sold out to all these other agenda. Now, that is if... There's not a great awakening. But uh, so if we were talking about the coming of the Lord and the lawless one, it could be 
the coming of the lawless one could be as far away as some of the youngest, like the ones that are in fourth grade, for instance, third or fourth grade. The Antichrist may not show up until they're grown up because of the way that uh, it goes. Generations uh, are taught to fall away from the Lord. When, when I was in school, they would no more teach what they're teaching now than the man in the moon. You wouldn't be no, caught wouldn't even, dead. Yeah. It wouldn't even have crossed their mind. No. What we have today for Tower and I, we look at it, it's filthy. It is just plain filthy. And to have to explain yourself when something is filthy, to me, is stupid. Yeah. If you're too dumb to understand what filthy is, then we are in real trouble. Now, see, that's the problem with America. We've made laws legalizing stuff that's abominations. And we have politicians that have sold their soul. And the ones, matter of fact, today, you know, it hit the news that the Democrats again knocked down that, uh, that bill on abortion the stay alive bill. There was two of them that they tried to pass and they dunked it again. Now see in the house of representatives, Nancy Pelosi claims to be a Catholic and Catholics oppose abortion, but yet she is a political Catholic only. Uh, She uses the Catholic church just to say that she has religion, but apparently it doesn't go deep enough to try to save the life of an innocent baby. Now, I happened to see an innocent baby today. He was crying. I was over in the dentist's office today doing some stuff. I didn't have cavities, but I was over there and had a chance to go back in the back. And there was this mom. I had seen him earlier. The, 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 her daughter had to go in to the dentist. So mom was in the back with her hanging uh only she had to leave and she was hanging around with this little baby just newborn uh trying to quiet it it was crying now you see the difference between that newborn and the stay alive bill is is that if you try to have an abortion and that baby is born alive now in new york and other areas they can officially kill that baby now this baby I, i told her I told her that that baby was cute, and I told him at the front desk, I said, I love it when I can hear babies cry like that. They're healthy, and they're alive, and I thank God for that life. And to think that these people are so hard-hearted and so full of crap, let's put it that way, filthy, evil, sickening, that they would kill a baby. Amen. You know, God's curse is going to be on you, doctors, and you nurses for doing that. It's going to be on your head, mother, for doing that. Now, God can forgive you, but when you willingly and knowingly murder and do not repent, you're in trouble. And this generation will go down as the generation that threw out morals totally and said it's okay to kill our kids. And no matter what Pelosi says, To me, she is nothing as far as someone who is headed straight to the pit of hell for what she does. Now, you mark my words. This is not going to be good. So even if we see a plague coming in here and killing multitudes, 
I say on the one hand, Lord, in your judgment, remember mercy. At the same time, I look at the abominations that are happening in this country, and I say, oh, Lord, how can I ask for mercy when I see such abominations going on, such pride, and people don't want to repent, they're happy. And I say, how on God's earth can people with morals kill innocent children? How can they go against the very teachings of Scripture? And that's because they are corrupt, period. And it's happening worldwide. Now, we're going to be moving on because we do have another story on women. It's hard to believe. But, you know, I love this. Tower and I have talked about women and how they're open uh, to God a lot. But see, the thing that's especially touching about this next one is the fact that women around the world, especially Muslim women, are so downtrodden because of the faith of Islam. Go ahead, Tower. Oh, this is um, Hope for Persecuted Women, and it's a story from Egypt. And they were heard things like, we were very stupid. It, was in a, it is a statement of grief uttered by mis, many Christian women living in Upper Egypt. They are marginalized because they are Christian, then marginalized again because they are women. At first, it was a statement made because they lived in a society that said women have no value. But as they watched other women take advantage of international Christian Concern Hope House program, they realized women do have value, that Egyptian women have untapped potential. Um, The statement became one of grief, a wish for opportunities such as those achieved by Nawara. And um, these were the kind of comments uttered by Nawara's friends and neighbors. When she first joined Hope House, everyone resisted. A special Hope House program had been created that targeted at-risk Christian women who were forced to drop out of school and marry from a young age, keeping them from all the opportunities that education provides those who finish. Nawara's husband is a farmer, his income tied to the seasons, and with five kids to provide for, money was always tight. Nawara had just received back surgery weeks prior to learning about this program, and any kind of movement movement was difficult. But Nawara saw an opportunity to grasp an education. Everyone discouraged her in this decision. Her husband said, don't attach yourself to useless things. Her women neighbors taunted her, you are too old to learn. She ignored these rebukes, and despite the pain, she faithfully attended every Hope House class offered to adult women. For the first time, she learned literacy. Then she was taught several crafts when the te- with the teachers hoping that Nawara could a- would attach herself to one of these skills and turn it into a se- successful source of income. In the beginning, it was very hard. Literacy was a challenge. But five months into her class, into her classes, Nawara realized that she was smart. She could read and write, and it didn't stop there. Nawara pursued every skill class with enthusiasm, amazing everyone, even those who first rebuked her. 
she said, I did not know how to cook the very delicious food or desserts or how to style my daughter's hair. Now I can do all of these things easily. My husband is very happy of the delicious dessert and foods he eats, and my daughters are happy that I can create many hairstyles. Now when they attend wedding parties, they feel pretty and very beautiful. And people began to realize that Nawara was actually benefiting from an education and were astonished at the family's transformation. So when Nawara completed the program and requested a microfinance loan from Hope House to establish a tailoring business, the answer was obvious. Her husband, previously so strongly against her learning these skills, was supportive. And Nawara couldn't believe that she now had everything needed to provide a constant source of income for her family. It was like a dream, she recalls, when Hope House delivered her a sewing machine. She was so excited. She, had not, she has not forgotten her first client. She was a neighboring woman, and she had asked her to fix four of her blouses, and I accepted it was just one hour, and I returned her blouses back. In one hour, she had earned nearly half of the average daily wage for many people in Egypt. It was more than her family had ever thought possible. And the neighboring woman who, women who at first taunted her for choosing to become educated were shocked, and they became disappointed that they never attended Hope House. Wow, they said, Nawara was right. Now she is very clever and smart in cooking, reading, and writing. And uh, one of Nawara's sons is finishing his mandatory military service and did not know that his mother was taking these steps to improve the family life. He was shocked when he returned home to discover how much she had changed. He was surprised and so happy that she had pursued her dream. His military clothes had not fit him properly. It was as if they belonged to a much larger man. But with these skills, Nawara transformed them into, a garment, into garments that fit. And these changes have encouraged her daughters to also finish their education and learn a skill. They want to follow in their mother's footsteps. And one of the daughters is quite eager to learn sewing, which is a challenge because she is nearsighted and a needle is so small to thread. But her daughter can't afford daily expenses with her other job, and sewing would be a simple way to improve her, improve her income. I don't know how to, well, she doesn't know how to cut a certain cloth. I've never heard of it, but um, she's going to learn how. But anyway, the family's success is contagious. It inspires the community that women do have value, something worth contributing to society. And for Nawara, Nawara the, these dreams could never have been realized without Hope House. For this is the goal of Hope House, helping marginalized Egyptian Christians reach their full potential. And this makes me think of, I could hardly read this without crying, but I think it's Go beautiful ahead. and I'm glad. And it makes me think that uh, of the virtuous woman the portrait of the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. So it's very beautiful. I'm glad they're out there to help these women. Well, you're right. And uh, this story comes from uh, International Christian Concern, persecution.org. Now, you see, uh, some of the stories we've had today, for instance, out of North Korea, 
You know, and this one here, a lot of these stories, there's ministries that are out there. We've talked to you before that uh, what you need to do is not only pray for them and fast for them, but you need to give of your substance finances to ministries that are on the ground. You see, International Christian Concern is on the ground. Now, see, we're not on the ground over there. We're a reporting agency. We preach and teach the Word of God, and our call is here in America. But when we do these programs, we're an advocate. We tell you, go, you know, go to these people and help them. The bottom line of it is, is that this is important. You know, while we need help to get the Word out, to get uh, all the articles out and the shows and things like that. These people need help to get the on the ground things going. And one thing about Tower, Tower knows how to sew. She's a seamstress. And so um, she comes from that group of women that when they were in school, they actually were taught this. Now, many girls today never took home ec. They don't know how to cook. They don't know how to do anything except dress like boys and be sloppy like boys. We have lost what it is to be a woman or a girl. We've lost what it's like to be a man or a boy. And we have been teaching them in schools that, uh, and we've so screwed up the sexual roles that they're so blurred that nobody knows what they are anymore. That's why you have so much confusion in the gender. And that's just yeah. the way the devil wants it and the way a lot of these liberals want it. So if you think all this is going to work out for the better, you are so full of dog doo-doo, it isn't funny. It's only going to work out because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he is going to have a time when he is going to judge the nations, and he's going to judge those who have destroyed the earth. He's going to destroy them. That is where this is headed, because there is there are those people who refuse to listen, who live totally in darkness. John 3.16 tells you the hope, but right after that in the context, the Lord tells us that they won't come to the to the light because they love darkness more and in america there's a darkness in our school system there is a darkness that's the way it is today so remember this and so you know this does touch at home i mean you know it's been said forever you know instead of giving a man a, uh, a man a fish you teach you give him the pole and all the equipment to go catch fish and you won't have to give him fish every every month. He'll go out and get his own fish, you know. And, and this is what it's about. We have people in America that love Bernie Sanders because he's going to give them everything. Bernie Sanders can't even tell you how he's going to do it, except he's going to tax the rich. He's going to take everything from everybody else. Well, there comes a time when all the money from everybody else is gone and the everybody else leaves America because we've screwed it up. The bottom line of it is, is that God didn't intend for a country to be like that, although Bernie doesn't know that. So this is the problem you're facing in America. God's going to send judgment here, and he's already doing it, but it hasn't even begun to get worse. 
and you may have a long time before the final end comes. But until then, God is going to stir the church. He's going to wake the believers up, and he's going to challenge the status quo. And he's going to call his people to stand up, stand against the lies, and declare the truth of thus saith the Lord. Yes, amen. Now on another article out of out of India, um, and this comes out of Hyderabad, Morningstar News uh, relayed this one. And there was a house church in southern in- India. Um they have uh they did have a forty member congregation and the pastor wound up injured, the congregation demoralized. Uh in the town that he was at, uh, it was an L B Patnam village in Andhra Pradesh, and the pastor tried to get get a bunch of local Hindus to stop building a wall. They were uh building it around the church or, you know, to try to stop people from reaching it. And so when he tried to do so, uh, they punched him and then pushed him to the floor and they started beating him. And this is typical. And, uh, this is what's happening in India. We, we report on all this stuff time and time and time again. And, uh, he said, I did not, uh, it topped a, a month of hostilities and years of opposition against the pastor's wife. They're in their sixties and the Hindu villages are furious because the church is there. But see the bottom line of it is, is it takes a lot to stand up in that village. And so these are the kind of things happening in India and around the world in America. You are sitting on a comfortable seat that's cushioned and you know your church is beautiful you have a good job you've got more than this pastor could ever want now you see it's time for american churches to wake up to stand up and also to help these brethren around the world that's right and matter of fact we do have another article here, and it's um, kind of big here, but we really only need to hit the the highlights of it because we are running out of time. Tower, you want to do this? Um, this is about Christians acquitted of false charges. So on Tuesday, February 18th, according to India's India, um, Pradesh State acquitted eight Christians, and they had been falsely accused of kidnapping and and forcibly converting 60 children to Christianity. And in May of 2017, um, these eight Christians, which included six men and two women, they were arrested at a train station because they were taking these kids to a Bible camp, a summer Bible camp. There were 60 children. And according to the reports, the parents of all 60 children had given their consent for the children to attend the Bible camp. And many were practicing Christians. Well, the, um, they were arrested and the kids were um, taken and kept from their parents for a while. I don't know how long they were kept from their parents. 
And in response, the Christian lawyers from the ADF Alliance Defending Freedom of India turned to the high courts to have the children reunited with their family. And then after three months of imprisonment, they were able to secure the release of the eight Christians on bail. Well, on Tuesday, they have um, officially announced the acquittal of the eight Christians. And an explosion of joy was released by the Christian community in the courtroom when they were acquitted, when the acquittal was read. That's good. I'm glad that ADF got involved. Well, you know, sometimes justice is slow. And in India, we see a lot of injustice, but this is a good sign. Mm-hmm. And it also reminds That's me of Pakistan. three years. Yeah, it, also, it is. Yeah, of Pakistan, yeah. Pakistan does the same thing, but yet we've seen them change in a lot of ways. They have uh, released people after they've been convicted, uh, as Sia Bibi, who is facing, you know, the death penalty. So anytime we see this, you know, there is this thing in there, you know, uh, even in Pakistan, where there are people there, Islamists, that uh, really do not like to see this kind of persecution of Christians. I have read uh, of of various uh, uh, Muslim scholars and things that are absolutely horrified at the way some of these Muslim countries are treating uh, other faiths. So uh, the bottom line of it is, is that uh, we're glad for that. And we praise the Lord that they, that they, we got done. Um, You know, one thing when we talk about it in society, a former gay reveals truth. This is also a CBN. Gender-neutral bathrooms, biologically male transgenders competing against female athletes, drag queen story hour at public libraries, Marvel movie same-sex kisses, uh, home and garden TVs, house hunter, thruple, that's something else, Uh, Sesame Street's cross-dressing, and it goes on and on and on. And uh, when will the blatant LGBTQ agenda on American television, movies, and society end? It'll probably never end unless we make it end. But George Carneal wrote a new book. Uh, it's called Queer to Christ, My Journey into the Light. He spent 25 years embracing the homosexual lifestyle. And he said, I knew when they opened the floodgates, it's never going to be enough, really, until we look at the bigger picture of what the agenda is, really, he explained. And that is silencing Christians and all opposition to this agenda and anything that is pro-family, pro-Christian, pro-life, pro-America. So remember that book, Queer to Christ, My Journey into the Light. There is an agenda. He's talking about it. He's been 25 years embracing that. God delivered him. Now, see, this this is the issue today. And so whether you like it or not, there are those that are going to stand up and God continues to deliver people. And he goes on, he warns Christians against accepting Hollywood's glamorization of homosexual lifestyle because it gives the public a sanitized version of the true nature of homosexuality. He says, until you sit down and listen to the testimonies of every gay, lesbian, and transgender individual who has come out of that life, and you listen to the horror stories of what we've been through and the reality of that life, the life is so different from what Hollywood and from what the media portray. And so this this is what you need to know. But yet even Vimo 
is uh, casting people off of their own site because they stand up for, you know, uh, what this guy does, standing up against this lifestyle because the one has a ministry to deliver homosexuals out of it and Vimo don't like it. Well, we do have videos on Vimo, but we're going to be getting rid of Vimo eventually uh, because we don't do videos anymore, and we're just getting rid of the whole thing. And if I do a video, it'll be targeted. So at any rate, and of course, you remember David Delane. He did an undercover, uh, as an undercover journalist, uh, he's been arraigned in the criminal courts division of San Francisco with 10 felony counts. We'll see how this goes. He exposed the Planned Parenthood's, uh, yeah, me too, alleged involvement. And he's got uh, the Thomas uh, More Society. Um, So uh, we're we're praying that that this guy will get off. So it is a battle out there, and uh, we've been covering a lot of things today. So Tower... When you look at everything, you really see overall, you know, that there's a cost to stand up for truth. There is. And, and there the is another. Is getting heavier and heavier as the, we move towards the coming, the return of Christ. That's right. That's right. And there is another, uh, there is another undercover video that's been released out there too. And uh, so you'll find that on social media, and it quotes uh, a certain high um, reporter with, I think, ABC News. He got fired, but uh, uh, he tells you how slanted ABC News is, and we know they're all slanted. So with that, uh, we're going to have to get out of here, Tower. Okay, well... Um, Be sure to join us tomorrow night for Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 38, Day of Trouble. And um, we want to thank you for joining us whenever you do. God bless you richly. We love you. We pray for you. And we hope that God blesses you and keeps you and gives you peace of mind. Good night, everybody. Don't forget our website. Stop by warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Until next time, this is The Watchman. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warn Radio.